Welcome to the Defiant Spirit, a podcast about discovering meaning, purpose, and resilience in the most challenging, difficult, and darkest moments of our lives through what my teacher and mentor, Dr. Viktor Frankl, called the defiant power of the human spirit, that spirit that is within you, that spirit that is calling to you, that spirit that is you. I'm Dr. Baruch Halevi, and this is the Defiant Spirit, and now, on to our podcast. Welcome back to the Defiant Spirit Podcast. I am Dr. Baruch Halevi, also known as B, and I am your host. I'm the creator of the Defiant Spirit. So if this is your first time, thank you for joining us. For those of you who are regulars, welcome back to, I guess, what is technically season two. I took a uh, hiatus in the middle of, uh, well, during the summer and just kind of resumed in the last couple of weeks, getting back in action after a wonderful summer of um, some R&R for sure. Lots of kids going lots of different directions, drops off, drop off and pickups from the airport and camps and whatnot. Ariel and I, uh, my wife and I got away for a couple trips. We bought an RV during COVID. It was kind of a lifelong dream. And so we, we hit the mountains a few times, both with the kids and also just uh, alone as well. So I went uh, once or twice by myself and just lots of good um recreation recreation right to to recreate yourself to vacation to vacate the routines and the usual rhythms to get clear and we, we all need that so i am back in action um with again i guess technically season two though i've been doing this for a long time but really getting clear on my work um, over the past couple of years in particular been doing the work that i have been doing for about 20 25 years spiritual guidance, um, therapy, counseling, um, coaching, all these kind of different crossroads coming together. And my passion has really evolved into two things, as you know, for those of you who uh, have been with me, Logotherapy, the work of Dr. Viktor Frankl, author of Man's Search for Meaning and 30 some odd other books. Um, Logos means meaning, so meaning-centered therapy, but it's more than therapy. It's, it's a philosophy of living together now with the Enneagram, an ancient personality, psychological, spiritual assessment tool, just second to none, really um, amazing, amazing tool, bringing those two things together. And that is what the defiant spirit now is for me, all in the intersection of Viktor Frankl and the Enneagram. It's a space that I and I think I alone own, um, my two passions, really informed also by different spiritual traditions, but that's kind of bound up in the Enneagram. So I'm very proud of that space. I'm committed and passionate to that space and helping people like you, if you're listening, to, well, do exactly what we're going to talk about in this podcast, um, to find and to live your why, to have practical applications of that why. I don't want to, I don't want you just to kind of live in a theoretical place of knowing your why, your purpose, your vision, but translating it into action. So that's your how. So your why, your how, and then now making it happen right here, right now. Now we're not going to get to all of that in, in this podcast, but as I'm kicking off this um, second We'll say semester. I got a lot of kids in school right now. This uh, second season of the Defiant Spirit, 
starting macro and we'll work our way down to a lot of different hows because I've spent the past summer working on the how of my Enneagram system um, and how to utilize it and, and how to integrate the why into our daily life in practical ways. So we're going to get into lots of practical hows and down the road, we'll get into lots of nows being present, present moment awareness, lots of mindfulness practice. But let's start again with the why. So um, it really is a simple formula. I think of um, Henry David Thoreau, who said, I think it was in Walden or something. He said, simplify, simplify, simplify your life. And then Emerson came along afterwards and said, you know, um, Thoreau probably could have gotten by with one simplify. So simplify, 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 or to say, say it succinctly, just simplify. And, and simplifying is this why, how, and now. It's a formula for better living, for meaningful living, for logos living. Ooh, that's a good term, logos living. Living with purpose. I like logos because it encapsulates meaning and purpose and, and true self-authenticity all in this one word, but don't fully know what the word means. So got to translate it. So logos living, um, why, how, now? Well, streamlining things, this why is, is contagious. People understand it when you talk about finding your why, which is why Simon Sinek, I think, really hit home with his book, Start With Why. And ever since then, a follow-up books around this power of why. It wasn't Simon's idea. Lots of people probably heard it for the first time, really expounded upon by Simon Sinek and a great book. You know, I really encourage you to read Start With Why, especially for the business sector. But um, it's an ancient idea. It's, first of all, I, I mean, it is ancient, but you don't have to go back to antiquity to explore it because my teacher, Viktor Frankl, picked up on Frederick Nietzsche's idea of he or she who has a why to live for can endure anyhow. Let me say it again. He or she who has a why to live for can endure anyhow. And Frankel paraphrased this in multiple places, I think one of which was in his book's man, book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, and he attributes this to, in no small measure, one of the ways he survived the Holocaust, having lost his entire family, his wife, his parents, his siblings, his unborn child, his family, his friends, his community, murdered in four different um, concentration or death camps. And Frankel not only survived, but in many ways he thrived, certainly afterwards. How? Because he, he had a why to live for. He talks a lot about this, finding his why, living his why, having a why that was uh, self-transcendent, that transcended him, that was bigger than him. So he spent the remainder of his life in, in his ways redeeming that darkness by finding light within it and sharing it with the world. And so um, having a why isn't a nice idea. It's essential. It may not be essential during, you know, average times when things are fine, but when the shit hits the fan, you better have your why. Look, I've seen it over. I've got, I've uh, been privy to the, the lives of thousands of people, I guess, guiding them through what, what I call life's tease, test trials, transitions, traumas, tragedies. I've been invited into people's lives on, on, you know, in the deepest way and to bear witness to what they've gone through. And I've seen one of the difference makers in people surviving or succumbing 
is having a why. I've shared it many times. I, I believe my father would still be alive if he had articulated. I think he had a why. I just don't think he could articulate it to himself. I know he couldn't because in his final moments of life, if he could articulate his why, he wouldn't have chosen to end his life. My father took his life by suicide. Um, and my grandmother, you know, completed suicide. She killed herself. And so it's a very personal and poignant message to all of us and to me that we need our why when, again, when it hits the fan, when we are up against the ropes, when we feel like we can't go on. But we also need it when we want to do more than just survive. You know, this isn't just about the tragedies and the traumas. I'm doing much, much more work right now with, you know, more of an executive coach clientele, people who are trying to be proactive in their business, in their companies, uh, and then the lives that they're living to live their why during the average ordinary times, during the good times, right? Can you go from what Jim Collins, another great author, wrote from good to great, great book, great business book, from good to great, you know, it's not always enough to just have a good life. What about a great life? Companies he talks about in the book who weren't just good, but great. And some of this is the difference maker, the why, to know your why. I, I know my why. I've worked on it for a very long time, but I, I didn't always live it. Um, and I felt myself drowning in some ways in my life. It was good. My life was good, you know, up until 2015 when I was a congregational rabbi. And, but it wasn't great because I was living other people's why for me um, for a thousand different reasons. I ended up in the profession and, and I ended up in the, the, that context and I don't regret it. And, and it was, there were some wonderful pieces about it, but it's not fully my why. It's not my why anymore really at all which is why I've kind of morphed in this other direction. My why is Frankel and it is the Enneagram and it's teaching in this capacity and it's guiding people with this framework, drawing upon those that great tradition that I come from, but also drawing upon other great isms and traditions. Um, and I can feel myself at some of those life's crossroads, not having the fuel to get through them, not having the desire, the drive it was there. It was underneath the surface. It took me time to articulate it. So in 2015, I walked away professionally from the rabbinate and over the past seven years have really been working on what's my why, not just in concept, but also literally writing my why. I had my why. I articulated out loud to myself. I mean, you know, when I'm by myself, I'll say it out loud at least once a day sometimes twice a day, even up to three times a day. It's about three paragraphs. I won't bore you with it now, but um, it's actually going to go on my tombstone someday. I, I've communicated that I want this written down the back of my tombstone, and I'll share it with you. I've shared it before. I'll share it later. Um, but it's concrete. I mean, literally, it'll be concrete at that time when it's carved into the stone, but it's concrete for me. It's not just a nice idea, and I think it hits home with a lot of business folks when I work with them because I'll challenge them. You know, I'll, I'll ask them to tell me their why of their company. I have yet to meet a successful business person who doesn't have a mission statement for his or her company. Um, a, a mission, vis vision, purpose statement, you know, in there, there's different nuances to that. But people get, people get it when you talk about it from that context. And that's your why. 
your 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 vision, kind of the overarching and your your purpose, your reason for being in the mission, how you integrate it and implement it in your life. Business people get it when you talk about their company. Now I'll say to them, okay, Jane, okay, Joe, tell me your why. What do you mean my why? And, and you know, they'll, they'll resort to platitudes most of the time. We all do. Um, to be a good man or woman or husband or wife or father or mother or whatever it is. That's fine, but that's about as meaningful as Miss America, if, if that's still a thing. I guess it's still a thing. I'm standing on the world stage. What does she always want? Right? She always wants world peace. I want world peace, but that's meaningless, right? Unless we can really own my our part in world peace, right? What's my role? What's my contribution? How do I manifest that in a practical way? So, you know, it's not enough to say I want to be a good person. What's your personal vision? What's your mission? What's your why? How does that wake you up in the morning and fuel you? And um, it's, I think of it as your oxygen, right? Your why is your oxygen. It's your reason for being, your raison d'etre, your reason for being. To be able to articulate it, to say it on a moment's notice, on, you know, on the drop of a dime, can you articulate your why? If not, I challenge you or I'd be honored to work with you, right? work with people on discovering their why. And I can't tell you what it is. I won't write it for you. Uh, and I do believe you need to write it down. It's not enough to feel it and think about it. That's a starting point. But an end point is to write it down and then to articulate it over and over and over and over and over again especially when the shit hits the fan. You know, this is my, um, you know, Catholics would have the, um, would have, you know, their prayers and Jews would have their prayers and, and Muslims have their prayers. And this is my prayer. This is my person. This is B's personal prayer. And when I'm in a difficult situation, I'll find myself reiterating these words. This is, these are going to be the words, God willing, I have the opportunity to have a deathbed setting. Uh, and I don't just like keel over a heart attack, working so hard. These are the words I want to go out on. But that's that's what I mean. Again, I said it. What words would you put on your tombstone for generations to read after you have no longer you're no longer physically walking this earth, but those words, that energy continues? That's your why. And so we need a why. He or she who has a why to live for can endure anyhow. And that's why you need the why, because when you come to those crossroads, when you come to those difficult decisions. You're a human being. You're going to waffle. You're going to waver. The best of them do. You need supports and structures put into place to catch you, to guide you, to turn to when you don't have your wits about you, when you don't have, right, when you're tired and you're exhausted. We need the go-to strategies and systems to turn to, not to start developing them there. It's too late at that moment. You have to have them ahead of time, right? Swimming out to sea with a life jacket on, not wanting a life jacket when you're out at sea or thinking about the life jacket, but having it. Because when the, you know, the, the boat starts sinking, that life vest is your why. It will help you endure the how. And so really, this is the work of the defiant spirit, because spirit isn't hocus pocus and it doesn't have to be spiritual in the sense of woo woo the defiant spirit is um from from frankel's work from logotherapy spirit is nuos nuos is just a, a fancy greek word for for noetic of um essence 
right? I could translate it as spirit, but then we have these hangups around spirit. So your essence, your, your core, your true self, right? And more of a kind of a psychological language, true self, the, the, the true you that was you, that is you, that will always be you. As I always use the example, pointing to my head, if you can't, uh, if you're listening and you're not seeing this on video, I used to have more of this, more hair, a lot more hair. Now I have it, you know, on my face, my neck, but it used to be up here. And um, that's coming and gone. Now, if I look in the mirror, sometimes I don't recognize me, right? Looking like more and more like an old man with this gray stuff. If I believe that was me, that would be somewhat of a tragedy. But it's not me because the essence of me, of who I am, was, is, and will always be. And I know when I follow that thread back in time, that essence was was the same little boy at five and the, the young man at 15 and the uh, maturing man at 25 and now 50 and God willing at 75 and 100. There's a thread that is true me. There's a true you. That's your nuos, as Franco would call it. That's your essence, your spirit, your true self. And that's what we need for the defiant spirit, because that true self, right? And that's what we articulate with our why. This is who I am. This is why I'm here. This is the defiant power, as Franco would call it, of my spirit to live this life on my terms, not on circumstantial terms, right? Now, circumstances are always changing. I control nothing outside of me. Now, I live under the illusion and delusion that I do, but I don't. I can't control what's happening, you know, driving down the street, oncoming traffic. I can do my part. I can stay in my lane, but people come swerving across the lanes or, you know, going down highway of life, so to speak, and you get bad news. A friend is diagnosed or a loved one has been in an accident or whatever. I, I don't control any of that. But all I control is my ability to respond. Responsibility, says Frankel. My ability to respond, to be responsible, response-able, able to respond, to choose my response to life's circumstances. Well, to do that, I got to find something in me that's unwavering because in that moment, everything's wavering. Everything's in flux. Everything is in chaos except that point within me, the, the nuos, the noetic, the spirit, the true self, the true you. And that's your why. And so when you can come back to that why, you can become defiant of your circumstances. Your circumstances do not have to control you or define you or determine right, your life and where you're going in your life. Great men and women throughout history have exemplified this. I think of one of um, Dr. Student's Dr. Frankel's students, uh, Edith Eager, who I mention quite often, she also has some wonderful books, The Choice and The Gift. Um, can't recommend them highly enough. She was also a survivor of the Holocaust. And she says one of her most famous ideas, and I've shared it many times because it's just that profound, is the difference between a victim and a survivor in the Holocaust, out of the Holocaust, in life, is that a victim um, has things done to him or her. And that's, we're all victims at times. The question is, is do we take up residence in the victimhood, right? Do we take up residence there? Is that who we are? 
Does that become our permanent dwelling place, our reality, or are we survivors? Because she says the difference is a victim says, why me? And we all are victims at times, and we need to say, why me? We need to, get to lick our wounds and to, and to go through that process. But we don't have to be victimized, as she says, right? To take up residence there, to have it happen to us again and again and again. We can become survivors. Victims say, why me? Survivors say, now what? Now what do I do? What is in my control? I don't care what the victimization has been to you, how horrible it's been. There's always something within us that we can hold on to. That's ours, that the robber, the rapist, the murderer, the thief, the fill in the blank, however we've been victimized or, or something far less than that, but still painful. There's still something within us that they can't take. Only if, they can only take it if we give it to them. But otherwise, there's an untouchable part of you that no circumstance, no matter how horrific it might be, is yours and yours alone. And that's the defiant power of the human spirit. That's the nuos. That's the true you. And that's what we need to draw upon when our circumstances from great or small pound on us or challenge us or try and steer us in a different direction as circumstances tend to do. Circumstances don't usually conspire to take us to the top, to make us, take us down a path of kind of flow and, and um, this natural success, right? All kinds of circumstances are pounding us. We've got to defy those circumstances to find our flow. Otherwise we're just gonna be in reaction, always adjusting course based on what's happening. That's why we go inside and find our why. That's what the why is. It's my internal compass. I've decided this is my direction. I've decided these are my values. I've decided, at, you know, even if it costs me my life, this is what I'm committed to in this lifetime. Nothing and no one can deter me from living my why. No one, they may be able to stop me, right, from attaining what I want down the path of success, but they can't stop me from trying, from going in that direction. Right? That's up to me and me alone to stop, to change course. So finding your why, living your why. When I work with exec in, in the executive coaching role that I'm taking on more and more of, um, helping successful people who've had incredibly successful businesses and external lives find it within because it's never enough if it's an organizational a business mission statement we must make it our own we must have our own you know that business will change how many people i've worked with who have started successful businesses or been accomplished professionals to have that either lost or maybe they sell it so many people especially men um, at age you know 65 70 75 whenever it is they retire have only defined themselves by their work of their hands, by the work of their profession. They don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know an identity beyond that. And they suffer greatly. I've done so many funerals, officiated at so many funerals for people and men in particular who went from on top of life, on top of their game, their business, they sell it, they move to Florida, and then they go downhill really fast. And then they disappear, they die, and I do the funeral. And you can just chart their descent from the time they sold their business because 
their why was contingent upon their circumstances. But the great men and women who go from that moment of retirement to even bigger and better things, we got to get rid of that word retirement, I hate it, um, because their why isn't contingent upon their profession. Their why is deeper than that. And they can translate it with their spouse and their, their grandkids or their hobbies or their passions, whatever it is. And so they take that same ethos, that same nuance, that same spirit that drove them to success in their business, but it wasn't de dependent upon their circumstances. It's in them. They own it. They know it. They, now they can articulate it and endure that transition and translate it to other great endeavors and adventures and successes. And so helping people, helping you find your why. So if you haven't articulated your why, sit down and spend some time on that why, right? Um, write, W-R-I-T-E, write it down. Don't leave it as ephemeral fleeting thoughts. Start to put pen to paper or I'm very into... Um, um, remarkable pad. feels like pen on paper, but take stylus to uh, stream. I get no endorsement from them, but I do love this thing. And write your, your, um, your why. Write your mission statement. Personal. Make it detailed. Make it real. Make it yours. You don't have to get it right on the first iteration. I've been iterating, reiterating this for 15 years now or so. So it's been a work in progress. It hasn't changed um, dramatically. I think I've refined it. I've changed it a little bit. But when I read my mission statement, my, my why, I can see how it applied when I was a rabbi. And now that, you know, I'm doing something else professionally, there's the thread. That really hasn't changed. It's, um, it's, it's bigger than your circumstances, right? It can, it can embody your circumstances. You can talk about your circumstances, but it can't be contingent upon them. That's the whole point. He who has a why to live for can endure anyhow. So the starting point of our journey together in the defiant spirit is to articulate what this word spirit means to you. These words, true self, authentic self. I don't care what you call them. Find it within you. Articulate yours and yours alone. That's your why. If you have it, you can live. And if you don't, it's like you're as good as dead. My why to me is oxygen. My why to me is my reason for being here in this lifetime. It's not contingent upon any one thing or person. It encompasses lots of things and lots of people, but it's ultimately bigger than that, which is how it allows me to endure, to survive, and to thrive in any and all circumstances, and it will do the same for you. So that's what we're talking about on the Defiant Spirit. We're going to keep talking about it. I'm sure we'll come back to this topic of why, um, especially when I hear back from you all via email. You can email me at um, baruch, B-A-R-U-C-H, at mysoulcentered.org. And I will be happy to address any questions you have, and we can do a follow-up on this. I'm going to be probably doing some podcasts on some great people that I've gotten to meet over the past couple of years who've been working on their why. And we'll talk about their why. I'll share mine with you one of these days. Um, we're going to then talk about from why to how. And for me, the Enneagram I'll get into probably next podcast is a way for me to translate my why into a how. So it doesn't just remain theoretical. And I have practical pathways through this thing called the Enneagram to translate it. And then now how to live with greater consciousness, awareness, mindfulness, 
spirituality, whatever you want to call it, um, so that I can live a more meaningful, purposeful life. I can translate my why into my how and live my how right here, right now. So that's the uh, Defiant Spirit. Thank you for kicking off with me into this new season. Um, stay tuned for the DefiantSpirit.org. Right now, that is just a that just points you to mysoulcenter.org, where you can find more about um, all things logotherapy and me and the Enneagram um, and how we might work, work together. But I'm almost done with a new website. I'm going to be also changing the colors on this Enneagram, going up to the, the next level, because it's just that important to me. It's that significant and central in my life. So I'd be honored and privileged to share it with you in any way, shape, or form I can. Again, feel free to reach out to me. Um, jump over to defiantspirit.org. And until the next time, defy your number and live your spirit. That's what this is all about. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Defiant Spirit podcast with me, your host, Dr. Baruch Halevi. The Defiant Spirit is an offering of Soul Center to Center for Spirituality, Meaning, and Healing. And if you'd like to learn more about the Defiant Spirit or Soul Center, get more inspirational content, access to a variety of online programs, or see how we might work together to discover deeper meaning in your life, greater purpose for your life, or live the Defiant Spirit power within your life, visit defiantspirit.org. Until then, keep living your fine spirit.